The weekend is here. It's too hot to fish. But we can talk about it. I won't ever understand my shorties be mad when all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand. There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such. But the nightlife in the city don't impress me much. I don't feel right in the club, I'd rather be out Sitting in my 14-footer catching some trout The fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N Paul Bunyan country a couple of great conversations today. The musky opener is here, so we'll hear from Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Musky Guide Service. And Dick Beardsley talks about everything else on Lake Bemidji and more. It's all coming up. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Today, a it's too hot to fish, so let's just talk about it edition. Prior to the musky opener, we've got the master of muskies in today. We're checking in with Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran Musky Guide Service. He is also, of course, a kindergarten teacher here in the Bemidji School District. Last day of school, just in time for the musky season. So basically done with one, and then we get rolling with the other, Kevin. You know, that's how it always is. Um, uh, our last day of school is the, typically the first Friday of June, and then I start fishing the first Saturday of June every year. So... Yeah, I mean, it's him transitioning from one thing right to the other. Uh, this year, a little bit different. I, I am taking an extended leave. We had a baby in April, so I'm, I'm able to take an extended leave starting August 30th and then ending until January 3rd. And what that means is basically I'll be on the water fishing and spending time with my family, and I'm able to do that um, throughout the day uh, during the work week, like Monday through Friday, September October, November. So so you'll be getting uh, more hours on the water in the absolute best time of year to catch muskies. Yeah, yeah, I will. As you can hear, there's an, an announcement being made over <laughs> okay. in our car right now <laughs> telling staff they better clean out the fridge. <laughs> so, yeah, you know that, that, that Monday, and I haven't really been able to do that since uh, since college has fished that. Monday through Friday, and and I am going to have a more typical work week too, where I'm, I'm spending time with my family, and uh, usually I'm 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 teaching, um, you know, that seven thirty to three thirty, and then I'm guiding usually like four p.m. to ten at night, um, you know, Monday through Friday during uh, during the school year, September through December one, and it it just takes so much away from my family. So now the, I'm I'm focusing this year on on fishing and, and my family, and I'll be able to spend more time with my baby, too. So. That'll, be, that'll be awesome. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Kevin, we're getting ready for the musky opener just in time for a weekend, which is going to see temps in the mid to upper 90s, apparently, both Saturday and Sunday. What is that going to mean for opening musky weekend? Uh, you know, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> um, usually, and there's been days on opener where, um, I've had to scrape my windshield. I've had frost in my windshield going to the lake. So this 90 degree stuff is, you know, the mid nineties is going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be different. Um, you know, what I'll do is I'll look for, um, a media post spawn fish up really shallow and then I'll just work my way out from there. So if I don't see any, any muskies in two feet of water, then I'll just start 
backing my way out. I'll go to four feet and then six feet, and then you know, I'll, I'll we'll eventually find them. But um, typically, the the heat does push them out deeper into deeper water, deeper, more stable water, um, water that they're acclimated to uh, instead of that super warm stuff. Um, you know, it, it, we do we did have a, a really warm spell the first week of November last year and. Um, you know, there were a few spots where I'd find fish prior to that, and um, that warm that warm weather really pushed them out deep. And we were getting fish. Oddly enough, we were jigging in like 35 feet um, of water, and then we were jigging off the bottom and catching fish on you know literally in the bottom, jigging in 35 feet of water on the bottom. So that was something that that um, that just kind of goes to show you like that that warm weather it it will push fish out and um and i think two consecutive days of this warm weather i think you're going to see fish moving out of that shallow water just because it's so unstable and so hot so yeah so will you do a presentation you would typically do for opening weekend or are you going to move to something you might do a little bit later in the year um you know we'll start out really really shallow and, and start casting small baits really shallow and and look for those those immediate post spawn fish, and um, I just think that you know that by mid afternoon Saturday, those fish just won't even be in that shallow water anymore because it'll be so hot. So um, that being said, then I'll probably move out to like uh, immediate weed growth that uh, um, the, the weeds that are just kind of starting to come up in that that uh, primary break line, and and we'll start fishing there. You know, it's it's just really going to be an odd opener. Um, so, I to be honest with you, I I think I'm I'm going to start with that and then start super shallow, throwing really small baits, and then go out from there and and just start you know at a water column in, in different uh, different areas. But um, as I'm moving deeper, I'm probably gonna I might even like jig. I might I might jig in you know. 15 to, to 25 feet um, or throw throw baits that are that are getting close to the bottom um, you know, I think it's just all going to be trial and error one thing that I really don't like is at the top of the water column it does heat up um, super quick and uh, with these tents there's going to be a pretty big discrepancy between the top foot of the water and um, say like an established thermocline so I could see water temps you know reaching I mean, if, if you look at, we've had really warm water to, or warm weather too the past four or five days. So leading up to this uh, super hot spell, um, you know, just uh, you're going to have an increased water temp. And I mean, it, the, the the fish very well just may not even be in shallow water too immediately. So uh, maybe plastics off the brakes and maybe plastics over open water even. Um that's a, a very good possibility too, Kevin. We have we've talked many times over the years. You're a fairly laid back dude uh, in our conversations, but how excited does musky fishing make you? You know, it, it makes me. <laughs> um, a lot of times, you know, the night before the season opens, I just I can't sleep. You know, it's 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 something that that gets me really excited to know that okay, I'm going to be on the water. Um, with clients for the next 
30, 40 days straight um, before I take a break. But it, you know, it, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I get really excited uh, by putting clients on fish and then seeing their reaction and just like watching them shake as we have a fish in the net and they're just sitting there like shaking and their their knees are wobbly. So that's seeing that reaction and and also um, putting kids on fish too is is really really cool. So. I get, yeah, I, I, that does it for me. And, and, you know, and it's, and it's myself, um, I fish less and less every year, um, just for the simple fact that, uh, the, uh, the, um, my boat itself, I've got like five graphs and I'm always running graphs. I'm always like putting my live scope, um, pulling the water, checking out which side we're on and looking for muskies and, so, you know, I'm, I'm actively, I'm not just sitting in a chair. I'm actively searching, uh, for, um, for fish, uh, for them to cast at too. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty active job and, and I love it. I love putting, putting people on fish. We've had this conversation before, but we've now expanded into the Brainerd area for some of our listeners down there. They're uh, meeting Kevin Cochran for the first time. Uh, how did you get into musky fishing? Um, you know, I was, I was a kid in, in Indiana and I remember when I was in high school, I bought my first musky bait and it was a little blue fox Vibrex or, or something. And, and it, I mean, it's, it was basically a pike bait and, um, you know, I was, I was a huge fisherman growing up and we lived on a lake and we were, I was always out bass fishing my friends so, um, you know, my senior year, my parents moved to Minnesota. I graduated um, back home in Indiana, and then eventually I, I made my way to Minnesota. But, um, you know, I got into it right away as soon as I moved up here and uh, in, my, in my 20s, my early 20s. And um, I started musky fishing when not many people were musky fishing up in this world. Well, actually in, in southern Minnesota and uh, like uh, I fished French Lake and, and Faribault quite a bit when I was I think 21 22 years old um, and then I just kind of I guess I just graduated from there and then you know I, I wanted to go to do the, the college thing so I decided hey you know where's where's the best musky fishing that has a college and you know Bemidji was on the map you know in the, like 2000 oh man 2002 I think so, um, and there, there, I, I moved up here, I started musky fishing, um, and I just, I figured a lot out on my, on my, uh, my own. And then also through other anglers, um, that are friends of mine. Uh, but you know, I, I just, I, I guess I kind of got obsessed with it and, um, the guiding itself, um, you know, it, I would always go to blue water uh, bait and tackle. Um, Mark used to own that. Um, and he, he said, well, if you, you know, I think a few times he said, well, if you ever want a guide, you know, we get people that, that, that call that are looking for musky guides. Cause he knew that I fished quite a bit. And, um, and then I just, I guess gradually started taking people out and that was, uh, you know, 18 years ago. And, um, and then it's just grown from there. But uh, there was definitely a, a time period of maybe 
five or six years where it was pretty rough to, to find clients. Um, and that was just because really nobody, nobody, you, you don't have any experience. Nobody, um, knew who you were. And I, I, I think, uh, I kind of hit it right at the, the perfect moment too, when all these lakes were peaking. Um, you had a lot of those, those stock fish from, um, from say like, uh, the late eighties to 1990, you had those fish maturing and, um, there was, there really wasn't much pressure up here back then in say like 2000, 2002 to 2008, even there wasn't much pressure. So I was able to catch and put other people on big fish and it got noticed. Um, and, and then, you know, and I think of like this area itself is, it's exceptional for musky fishing. I mean, this is the area that I picked to live after like extensive, extensive research of just the, the number of different musky lakes in the area. Um, and the, the diversity of those musky lakes too. I mean, we have really little lakes that are only a couple hundred acres that have fish in them, you know, all the way up to Leech Lake. And I, I got on Leech too in the fall. Um, so, you know, really this is, in, in my opinion, the, the perfect musky mecca in Minnesota, without a doubt. And I just happened to be up here right at the, the right time when a lot of big fish were peaking and, um, there wasn't much pressure, so kind of got lucky and fell into it. It's still a specialized type of guiding, but there's getting to be a few more guys that are doing it, uh, and yet you all seem to be able to be busy. So um, clearly there's there's an appetite for musky fishing up here. Yeah, without a doubt. And, um, and I do have um, a guide that works uh, for me and takes all of my overflow traffic as well. So it, usually if, if, if I can't handle it, then then he has his calendar open and we can uh, we can arrange that as far as uh, actual like specific musky guides i don't think there's there's many um and to be honest it doesn't there there are there is some interest but there's not in my opinion there's not really enough to warrant a lot of guys doing it um you know it's just it's a it's a really specialized thing too and um and you have to be up front and say, well, there is a chance where we may not be able to put a fish in the boat, but, you know, you got a pretty good shot. So um, it's uh, it's not an easy game, but if if somebody gives me 10 hours of their time, nine hours at a time, I can I can guarantee them a pretty good pretty good chance of getting a fish. So. You mentioned Leech Lake. We know there's a there's a ton of uh, fish there and natural reproduction, of course. Cass Lake uh, also a very strong fishery. I know it's a it's a lake you spend a lot of time on. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I I like Cass quite a bit. Um, the entire chain is great to fish. Um, the entire chain it's 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 you have some really dirty water. You have areas that that have weeds. You have areas in the main lake that are null and void of of um of weeds as well and you have a lot of break lines uh rocks sand reeds um it just really it offers it offers a lot to me so um you know say for example if it's a hot hot day like this if it's like 80 degrees outside flat calm um nothing's going on in the clear water then i'll go um i'll go and, and fish one of the connecting lakes that has maybe dirtier water so um you know, I, I think uh, Cass Lake, in my opinion, is, it's a great lake to fish. It's extremely tough, um, you know, and and I 
I think it's hard for a lot of people because those fish on the main lake are so transient. So there isn't really spots to anchor those fish to. So, and what that does is it creates a lot of open water fish that just kind of tend to follow around the tulipy schools and the, the, uh, the whitefish schools out there. Um, but if you know where, where to look in some of those open water areas, you can find fish. And as long as you find bait, you can usually find muskies. Um, so Cass Lake is, it, it's a very difficult lake to fish, but, uh, but I, I would say I, I probably spend maybe a hundred, hundred, uh, 120 days out there a year. So, you know, and, and with that, I'm able to kind of follow around those transient fish and, and, and see patterns and, and where they go during specific times of the year. He is one of the members in good standing of Club Kevin, Kevin Cochran. We'll have more with him next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Continuing the conversation with Minister of Muskie Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Guide Service. For those who maybe have uh, taken a trip with you or maybe another guy and they're starting to whet their appetite and they, they want to take this, uh, this musky thing a little more seriously, what are the basic types of equipment we have to get that we probably don't have right now? You know, I'd say, like, really basic stuff. I would get, first and foremost, hook cutters and maybe, like, two pairs of hook cutters. Um, and then also, if you got, like, a like a pair of Nipex, like a really good quality pair of, of uh cutters and then you follow that up with maybe like a some cheaper like twenty dollar bolt cutters from from um, ace you know that'd be great but you know i i think kind of the biggest thing is um knowing what to do when you have a fish hook and having the correct tools to get the fish unhooked safely so pliers um hook cutters jaw spreaders a net a big net uh, you know, I'm not talking about like a salmon net. I'm talking about like a pretty specific, like a musking net that has like the thick coating on the netting. And, um, I use, uh, I use frayable stuff, but, uh, there's a lot of, uh, Drifter Tackle makes great nets as well. There's a lot of other net companies out there that, that kind of fill that, uh, that void. Um, so looking at that and then, you know, and then once I, once I would get that, I would say, purchasing a, a nine or nine and a half foot rod and a quality reel uh, in my opinion you can get a um, a rod that's a little bit less money uh, maybe cheaper and and then you're going to want to put more money in a reel so i i only use shimano's i've had a lot of reel issues in the past and in my opinion like shimano's are they're um, they're not indestructible but they last the longest um, I've, I've kind of shied away from the Abus and the Daiwas and um, just things like that. And, it, and if honestly, if I see guys that that guide that use them, um, they're probably getting a pretty good deal on them, which is why they're using them. Uh, so I, I kind of stick to um, Calcutta's, Shimano Calcutta's, and uh, Shimano Tranks 400s and 500s, and that's that's all I use. So. Um, you know, I, I would definitely recommend one of those without a doubt. You don't want a real breaking halfway through the season, especially in COVID years last last year and then also this year because, um, you know, just like 
oddly enough, real, real parts are super hard to find. And if you want to get a real rebuilt, it's just, it's, yeah, it's next to impossible almost. So, um, and then a small selection of baits, um, you know, I throw a lot of some really small bucktails, uh, musky frenzy bucktails work great. Um, and some, some of their stagger blades, um, and then also small baits too, really small bucktails, uh, rabbit squirrel bucktails, Lake X topwater baits, um, bulldogs, tubes, I throw a lot of tubes. So there's a, there's just a wide variety of baits, and once you jump down that rabbit hole, you could spend thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that would be a whole a whole different uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah um, it certainly could be. Yeah, but you definitely go with the the equipment, the gear, um, buy a rod and reel, and just start small. Buy a couple baits here and there, and and then I wouldn't go crazy on baits. I would just kind of learn to use the ones you have. And learn what you don't like about the ones that you have too, and and um, that's going to save you some time in purchasing in the future. And obviously, my eight pound test isn't going to cut it. No, yeah. <laughs> so I use a eighty and a hundred pound Cortland. Um, some guys use Power Pro, uh, but you know, in my opinion, Cortland Cortland's great. I've never had the eighty pound Cortland break. Um, I've had issues with Power Pro in the past and Suffix and a lot of other line companies, but um, Cortland, uh, the only time I ran into some issues was I, I had a bad spool. And I guess that is, that is, uh, that's a possibility too for you to, to run into a, a bad spool line, but it's, I mean, it, it's super rare and, and they took care of me when I did. But, um, but Cortland, hands down, is the best, in my opinion. Well, again, uh, we're going to have some some weird weather here for the first few days of musky fishing, but but for musky guys, uh, they don't care. You're going to be out there, you're going to be fishing, and you're going to be happy that the season is finally here. Absolutely, yeah. You know, we are. And, you know, one nice thing that, that we're getting is we're getting a little bit of wind with that, too. So the wind... It, it might help a little bit, but then it also might feel like a hair dryer, you know, blowing in your face at that 95 degree uh, air temperature. So, uh, but you know, we're happy. We're happy to be out slinging baits. It's been a long, a long six months. So it's uh, my last day was December 1st last year, and we ended up getting a fish on leech. So, um, but yeah, December 1st and and yeah, June 5th. That's a <laughs> Quite a ways away. So. That is a long stretch, absolutely. Because there's no there's no ice fishing allowed for musky guys. Well, there probably is, but you know, I, I spend so much time on the water that I, the whole entire that that six month month period off, I'm I'm devoted to my family and spending every day with my family and doing things. And yeah, so with them. All right, so we're heading out there. In addition to all the things we talked about in this particular weekend, sunscreen, hats, um, lots of water. And, you know, probably fish early and fish late, and maybe that middle part of the day <laughs> might be better spent doing something else. Yeah, I agree 100% too with that. Um, it's going to be hot, you know, and, and with that, I, I don't like to fish during the hottest part of the day. So not only does it, you know, does it just wear you out, it, it's also tougher on the fish too, in my opinion. So, um, yeah. And and hydrated, you need to stay hydrated without a doubt. So that's 
going to be it's going to be a hot one, and I've never seen, never seen an opener like this, so it'll be a challenge. Well, Kevin, uh, if people want to book a trip with you and and discover this thing we call musky fishing, uh, how do they go about doing that? You know, they can just give me a call uh, or send me a text at five zero seven four five six nine zero two three. Kevin Cochran Guide.com is my uh, website. Um, and then I also, you know, I, I do have openings in June for myself. Um, I also have openings for Andy Grimm, and he is a, a guy that, that works for me too. So um, we can definitely probably end up getting you in there somewhere during a, a vacation up north. Kevin, always great to talk with you. Thanks for taking the time today, and enjoy Musky Weekend. Thank you so much, Kev. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Well, it's been too long, but we got him back on the show, Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley Guide Service, popping into the studio today. Welcome back to the show, Dick. Good to have you here. Kelv, it's great to be back on, and uh, it's nice being in the studio. Like I was telling you off air, every time I like we talk via my in my truck or something, I feel like I'm talking to you from a hollow log, but this is great being in the studio here. Well, it was uh, last time we talked, we, we on the phone, you were actually just getting back from a South Dakota trip, um, and I think we still maybe had a little bit of ice right. on the on the, on the uh, water. So it's been a while. It has. Uh, how has the the bite been thus far since the opener? Yeah, it's been, at least for me and the guide clients, and I think for a lot of people that I've had out, um, it's been good. And uh, Lake Bemidji, the, the last... 10 days has been really, really good. Now, I just came off the water, and it was dead calm out there today, and we had to work at them. But, you know, a few days ago, we you know, we had, for about five days, we had a south wind, south-southwest wind blowing for about four or five days, and that north end was really good. I mean, it was, and we were catching walleyes, you know, pitching jigs and six to about nine foot of water up in the cabbage and and getting some nice pike too i mean some really nice pike we put the bigger you know the pike back but fun to catch and um the walleye bite has been good but it's been good Uh, plantagenet the the bite's been pretty good out there and you know we're at that time of the year now where the fish are you know they've had time to recover and stuff and and a lot of the fish are still hanging fairly shallow but you know we got that big hot air coming in for this weekend Mm -hmm. And it's going to warm temperatures up on those lakes pretty quick. So I think the fish will now start, you know, start moving out to those summer haunts and everything. Because Bemidji, we're getting them shallow. But on some other lakes I've been on, even since the opener, we've been getting them, you know, that 12 to 16 foot range. So it just kind of depends. You know, uh, I was uh, at the Eagles uh, tournament and talking to some of the guys who were fishing that. They had a great day. They caught a ton of fish. Yeah. The, the sizes were really good. And I was a little bit surprised at, at how strong Bemidji was versus Irving. Usually Irving early is strong, and Bemidji kind of follows by a week or two. But Bemidji's been hot really since the opening. It has. And, you know, I've been on Irving a couple times, and I've been on Bemidji just trying it out. And the fishing's been great for Northern Pike. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to gosh. The Pike, I mean, they're fun to catch. But when you're, you know, you got people that want to catch walleyes, you know, you're hoping to get some walleyes. And we got a few out there, but you're right. Nothing like uh, it typically is, and, and Bemidji has been, like you said, Kev, good right from the get-go, and uh, uh, it's it's a great time to be out there on the water. Have you noticed any changes? I mean, I, you know, I, I know everybody's watching the zebra mussel right. situation closely. Have you cha- noticed any change in the cl- clarity of the water or anything yet? Not yet on Bemidji, but saying that, 
the last three, four times I've been out on Bemidji, some of my clients have pulled in like a big old, you know, we've been fishing the cabbage and those those zebra mussel like hanging around there and they hook to it like a big, like a few times, a big ball. Mm. And it's just nothing but zebra mussels. So, I mean, you know, a few years ago when they first came in, oh, there's just a few of them. And, well, there's more than a few of them out there now. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, Bemidji always has a little bit of a stain color and we get some algae blooms out there. So that'll help. And, but, um, and I'm, you know, you're going to start maybe finding more of those fish even more throughout the summer up in the, up in the cabbage and the weeds and stuff. And I've always been a kind of a weed cabbage guy for walleyes anyhow, but so you may have to, you know, folks might have to change their way of fishing a little bit um, instead of, you know, hitting those mid lake humps and rocks and stuff. And in the, especially during the day, if there's not much wind, you might have to work those, those areas where you've got some pretty thick cabbage going on. Well, the aquatic biologist, Andy Hafes always reminds me that uh, we don't know the long-term effects. We don't know what's going to happen 50 to 100 years right. from now, really, for anything. But um, as of now, uh, what, wh- whatever lake I've talked to people about, whether it's been Leach or Winnie or Cass even, uh, and now Bemidji, it, it sure seems, on the short term, yeah. not to have affected the populations at all, no. but really has to affect the way we approach the fish and figure out where they, they live now. Exactly, Kev. And, you know, the neat thing about Lake Bemidji, I mean, this past winter, you know, I had ice houses out there for rental and, and doing some guiding on Bemidji. You can't believe the number of, like, 8 to 10-inch walleyes we were catching out there. I mean, there's there's some strong year classes of undersized fish right now that uh which is a really good population or a good sign for the for the lake that there's these young fish coming up you know but you're right but then you know you look at like lake erie lake erie has had zebra mussels for 50 plus years and it's a walleye factory and again it's just you know maybe it's not going to affect the fish so much let's hope not and we're just going to have to maybe change our ways a little bit to uh, to get out there and and pursue them again. Well, we know that on Cass Lake, you you it's always been a little light. Right. right now, it's like a you know that's about the only time. Yeah. Unless you can find a good weed bed or two. Right. Because it's so that lot water is so clear. Well, and it was clear before the zebra mussels, and now it's like looking through a glass window. Well, as I say, it's practically invisible. Yeah. 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 So. No, it's you know again. Those thick weed beds are going to help, and and sometimes those fish are going to just you're going to have to start fishing maybe a little bit deeper water. And and the thing now, folks, got to remember is a lot of our lakes, especially the bigger, deeper lakes, they you know as we get into the the mid part of the summer, you know that that thermocline sets up on there, and like on Lake Bemidji, it's typically around thirty feet. So what that does is is you can just all put in your brain that okay, I know one thing, it eliminates a lot of water. I know that I, I'm not going to be catching walleyes deeper than 30 feet. But a lot of times you'll find those fish hanging right on that thermocline. So it's something we just, you know, again, you just got to kind of go out there and test the waters. And, and if you've got a, even a halfway decent graph, you can see that thermocline on your, on your graph and stuff. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool when that happens. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley Guide Service, my guest. We are talking Lake Bemidji. It is such an amazing lake, and it just keeps, like you noted, all these year classes that just keep coming and coming. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be, I always tease the BNR guys, it's got to be like the, your easiest lake. 
Because you, you never really have to do anything. No, it's all natural. It is. It's all natural, Kevin. I think the last survey they did a couple of years ago, I think there were, I think they, they counted 13 different year classes of fish in that lake, wow. which is, which is amazing. And it's just got everything going. And, you know, the neat thing about Lake Bemidji is it can handle the pressure. It really can. I mean, it's such a big lake. And, you know, you could fish that lake two weeks straight, 12 hours a day, and not fish all the spots out there if you fished them properly. You know, it's just got it's got a little bit of, you know, if you like pitching jigs, you can do that. If you like slip bobbing, you can do that. If you like trolling cranks at night across the top of the weed beds, you can do that. You, you can run live bait rigs out there. You can catch them a number of different ways out on Bemidji. It is. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun, and, and it's not as you noted. It's not just the walleyes. There's a lot of northerns. Right. Uh, I like talking about northerns because um, the the DNR has made it much more palatable because you can catch a whole bunch of them now. And social media, for all its ills, has some really good things going on. And one of those is the ability to educate anglers. And I know so many more people after watching a few videos on how to take out the Y-boats yes. that are willing to go fishing for northerns now. Absolutely, Kev. And, you know, first off, they're fun to catch. Yeah. And they'll bite on just about anything. And doesn't, it really doesn't seem, it can be hot, cold, windy, not windy. The, you, you can catch some pike. Just get along some of the weed, deeper weed edges in, in the summertime, and, and you can pretty much throw anything at them. And you're right, Kev. That's what I used to hear all the time is, gosh, I just don't know how to get the Y-bones out. But now, like you said, with social media, you can pick, you can bring up a different, zillion different videos and, and there's different areas. I, the way I do it, I, I, when I'm done, a Northern Pike has five pieces to it, but there's other ways to do it too. And once you learn how to get those Y-bones out, one of my favorite eating fish are Northern Pike. They're really good to eat, but it's getting, mm-hmm. if you don't get those Y-bones out, all you're doing is picking bones out of your teeth the whole rest of the time. And I've had a number of guides say this to me, and they're absolutely right. If you don't know and you just eat it, you, you'd be hard-pressed to tell the difference between a northern and a wall. I agree. I uh, And, you know, I'll be honest with you, Kev. Um, I had some folks out there today in Bemidji, and we got into a pretty nice school of some big rock bass. And one of the guys goes, oh, rock bass. I go, you ever eaten a rock bass? I go, no. I go, you cannot believe how good they are. I said, if I filleted that rock bass out right now and had a crappie fillet and I held them up, showed them to you, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It's good white firm meat. And Lake Bemidji rock bass rarely have any grubs in them. Every once in a while you get a white grub on some of the rock bass. You just pick that out with the tip of your knife. And let me tell you, they are good eating fish. They really are. And they're fun to catch. They're aggressive. (laughs) They fight good. And the kids would have a ball with them. Plus, we got crappies. Plus, we yeah. got pan, uh, bluegills. I mean, we're just uh, just a ton of stuff going on. And I'm assuming the bluegills and crappies are biting right now. They are. So right now, the bluegills, they're up in that shallow water. They're making their beds, and they'll they'll be starting to spawn here any time now. The crappies, we're still getting a few up in like those emerging pencil reeds and stuff like that. But they're starting to, you know, probably by the middle of next week after this hot weather. They're going to start transitioning to their summer places. They're done spawning now, and um, and that's that's what I like it because in that in between time, it's they can be a little hard to locate. But then then in the summertime, a lot of times if you can find a a weed bed, especially cabbage, out with some deeper water real close by, a lot of times you'll find crappies hanging out there all summer long, and it's. 
You know, as much as I like walleye fishing, boy, there's something about getting on those slab crappies that's really a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you haven't had a chance to go bass fishing yet. Kev, I, and I love bass fishing. <laughs> and I, I haven't. Every guide trip I've had so far has been, you know, for walleyes. But um, come, starting this weekend, I've got some folks coming in for a few days, and they just like catching fish. They don't, they don't keep any. We keep enough one day for a fish fry. But then... Um, then they just like having something bend their pole. So then I, I usually take those guys bass fishing, and they have a ball. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and the, the bass fishing should be really, really good, and those fish are going to be up shallow. Well, if we go out fishing this weekend, um, obviously the weather's going to be crazy, so you're going to want to bring tons of water. You're going to want to bring a hat. You're going to want to bring sunscreen, and you're probably really going to want to go out early. Ab- you know what, Kev? Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be... You know, they're talking mid to upper 90s, starting Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even into Monday, into the low 90s. And we're, you know, we're not used to that. I mean, a week ago today, this is Wednesday, a week ago today, I had some folks out on a guide trip. It was 37 degrees when we got on the lake. The wind was blowing 25 miles an hour. We were dressed like we were going ice fishing. I mean, honest to gosh, it's either been cold or now hot. And so, yeah, by all means, try to get out early, and uh, you don't want to end up getting heat stroke or heat exhaustion, anything like that, because, boy, that can really uh, put put a, uh, a nail in um, the fun day out there fishing. So what do you expect the fish to be doing with this vast increase in heat? Yeah, well, now, you got to remember, like on Lake Bemidji, it's 6,000-plus acre lake, and it's pretty deep. You know, it's going to... You know, we get one day at 90, it's not going to like all of a sudden spike that water up to 75 degrees, but it, and, and when the best time to, to know when the, what the water temperature is, is first thing in the morning before that sun has the chance to warming up that top three, four, five, six inches of, of, uh, of water. But it, I mean, by next week, if we get four or five days in the nineties, by next week, we're going to, we'll start having surface temperatures even in the morning up into the, Low 70s, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday I was out of Bemidji. It was 57. By the time we got off, it was 61. Today it started out at 61, and by the time we got off, it was up to 66. So it's it's warming up. I see kids out swimming now and stuff, so it's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah, going to happen. It's getting there. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned Bemidji, Plantan, a few other lakes. Not going to ask you to reveal any super secret uh, uh, in the middle of the woods lakes that you like, but. What are some other lakes that we should be checking out right yeah, now? Yeah, Andrusa, that's been a pretty good bite going on Andrusa. Big Lake's been pretty good. Turtle has been good. Gull has been good. Those walleyes have been up shallow, and the crappies and, and bluegills are going there, too. So, and, and Grace Lake, the bass fishing on Grace. I did have a guy, I, I take that back. I had a guy out on Grace a couple of weeks ago now, bass fishing, and we must have caught 100 bass. Mm. Honest to gosh. And we just worked pitching, um, we were pitching tube jigs up into the docks, you know, working around the docks, and it was literally one after another. We caught a lot of small fish, but we got some some good fish in there, too. So I tell you, this time of the year now, you know, watch the heat, but it's a great time to get out and catch just about all species of fish, and, and they're pretty cooperative right now. I typically think that uh, what I've seen, and just my personal style of fishing, which is I like to be comfortable, yep. uh, June is great. It's not too hot, not too cold. Fish are biting. Yeah, all fish are biting, and and it really is uh, a great time to go fishing. It is June is probably if you had to well for sure if you had to pick one month out of the summer, hands down June is the month to pick. But 
as we get into July and August, there's, you know, the, the bass fishing really gets good in July and August when that water temperature is at its warmest and their metabolism is like off the charts. So they're chowing down things, but you can still catch walleyes, still catch pike, still catch, you know, the panfish and stuff. You just got to kind of go about it a little bit different way and maybe try a little bit deeper water, but, um, it's a great time to be here. And you know what? In another 20 days, I think the days start getting shorter again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Well, I, uh, I got my musky guys on this week, Isaiah Hahn and Kevin Cochran, so I don't need to rely on you in that. Uh, but have you ever gone musky fishing? Oh, yeah. I used to musky guy, Kevin, years ago. Oh, okay. But I, I quit doing it um, because, for me, anyhow, it's too much casting and not enough catching. So if I get a request, I, I usually throw him, I, I give him Kevin's number or another young man in town, Jake Felter, i throwing him some trips because like I tell people that call and want to book a musky trip with me I said listen I know where the muskies should be Kevin and Jake they know where they're at and right. there's, a, there's a big difference because you know they're very territorial and, and everything and so yeah I um but it is fun I in fact on opening weekend I caught about a 32 inch musky just jig fishing for walleyes so, yeah there's it you hear a lot of that oh uh, I've caught Kevin my lifetime I've caught Way more muskies walleye fishing than I have actually muskie fishing. So, but there, tell you, there's some, we got some good muskie lakes around this Bemidji area, and Bemidji's one of the best for, for big fish, you know. Yeah. So, I know the, the guys that are into it and the gals that are into it, boy, they, uh, they, they're into it big time. They are. Yeah. I told Isaiah, I said, you got to be more patient than I am because I just, <laughs> I don't think I could have the patience. I know. And, you know, a lot of times, a good trip is just getting a few of them to follow your bait to the boat and maybe getting a hookup. But a lot of times, you know, you just seen one of those 50 plus inchers. And then when you see them down there in the water, you know, they look about twice as big as that because they're kind of magnified. I have to admit, it is exciting when you see them. But um, yeah, I leave that to the guys that really know what they're doing come musky fishing. <laughs> Well, again, we, uh, we are heading into the weekend. We talked about some of the things to be aware of, but fishing wise, uh, where should we be? What should we have in the boat with us? Yeah, so, well, spot tail shiners are just a pretty much just about done. They're they're pretty much done. Bait shops can't get many of them anymore, but they can get some river shiners. We've been also using some rainbow chubs. They've been working well, and some of the bigger silver-colored fatheads have been working well. But this is a time now. Um, I know a lot of folks have been out in the evenings slip bobbering with leeches on area lakes and doing really, really good with that. So this is the time of year now when when I, I fish minnows all summer long. I always have leeches and crawlers with me, but... By fishing the, the, the minnows, it seems to, you know, those gosh darn smaller perch can just pull them leeches off and nip those crawlers down to nothing. So I, I do fish minnows or try to get on a minnow bite, but it, the transition is coming now where live bait rigs and leeches, spinners and, and leeches and crawlers start working well. And, um, but you can, you can always catch them on a jig. You know me, Kev, I love jig fishing, <laughs> but there's a variety of ways and, and then trolling, Crankbaits, you know, that's getting something that that'll start happening. It's already happening now, especially in the evenings after dark. Guys trolling, you know, shallow running crankbaits atop top the of the weed beds. But um, and then you know, lead core uh, that gets those plugs and stuff down in deeper without having to use like a bottom bouncer things like that. So there's a there's a bunch of ways that when the jig bite slows a little bit. You just start switching over to a, another 
way to do it, and there's plenty of ways out there until you find something that works for you. Well, Dick, if somebody wants to go fishing in our area and use Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service, uh, how do they go about doing that? You betcha, Kev. They can give me a call at 218-556-7172, or they can email me at dick at dickbeardsley.com, or my website is dickbeardsleyfishingguide.com. All right, Dick Beardsley, not only a great fishing guide, a great citizen of the community, he and his wife Jill do so much for our community. Thank you for that, and thanks for taking the time today, Dick. We appreciate it. Kev, always a pleasure. I'm happy to be out with you anytime. Thank you. We still got plenty to go on this weekend edition of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country podcast version with some bonus content for you listening on the podcast. We're going to start off with another musky angler. He's going to be all over Mille Lacs looking for the big ones this weekend. Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service. Predator Guide Service, your name says it all, Steve. This is the weekend you've been waiting for. Muskie opener. I can't wait, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> top line predator, toothy critters. I'm all set. You know, got a few things I want to finalize. The boat is ready. My muskie rods, I use two tamer muskie rods. They're all set. Uh, the lures are, are set. But here's the problem, Kevin. I've got way too many lures. I don't know what to use. I've got a, I got an idea what I want to use, but... Uh, when you got so many, you know, it's hard when you look at them and you think, well, maybe I should switch. Well, you know, truth be told, Kevin, if I had to pick six lures, I would pick six of my favorites to stick with them and put all the rest in my shed and lock it up so you don't see them. <laughs> well, maybe that's the ones you should take. <laughs> that's the ones that I'm pretty sure are going to get thrown this weekend for sure. So we have uh, really going to have a heat wave by the time the muskie opener gets here. I know up in our area we're going to be possibly close to 100 by Saturday afternoon. You're going to be down in the 90s in your area as well. Um, what's that going to mean for the muskie bite? You know, it's a real good question. It's going to it's going to probably drive them into the uh, deeper water. You got your primary area shortly after spawn when the water temperature gets anywhere from 49 to 53 degrees. The muskies will spawn, and then they'll hang around those shallow backwater areas, Kevin, until the mus uh, until the temperature spikes up. You know, they want to recuperate from the rigors of the spawn. When the water temperature spikes up, you know, a few degrees, four, five, six degrees, it uh, rejuvenates their metabolism. Where now they're ready to feed, they're ready to put on the feed bag and fatten up again. So um, I'm afraid if they're not in the shallows, we're going to see them on the secondary spots. So uh, secondary spots would be any weed beds out from the uh, shallow water bays where they spawn, anywhere from, like, say, uh, 6 to 12, 6 to 14 feet of water is where they're going to be staging. And I'm pretty sure that's where we're going to find them. It's going to either be the shallows or it's going to be the secondary areas or a combination of both. You know, we're covered no matter what, that's for sure. So what's going to be your approach? Uh, I'm going to hit the same spots I normally hit this time of year. i got a few more I'm going to add to them. What I'm going to do is get to the area, Kevin, drop my trolling motor at least 50 yards, 60 yards from from where I want to, you know, fish, intentionally fish, and sneak in there as quietly as possible. Don't be one. I don't want to be one of these guys that motors in with the main motor and then kills it when you're on top of the spot to fish. You're ruining your own fishing, and you're ruining it for others. And from there, we're going to set up about 20 yards outside the weed beds, the shallow waters where the muskies might be laying in yet this time of year. We're going to cast past the weeds. We're going to cast into the shallow waters anywhere from uh, five, six feet of water. Kevin, we're going to be casting to a foot and a half. And from there, we're going to continue moving down along the edge of the weeds or the sandbar. We're going to have one, two people cast it into the sandbar and weeds and one person cast in parallel i've got my game of uh, game plan of attack like i'm starting off with every year we're going to have a spinner bait 
like the Fidelity Muskie Candy Spin or the Rad Dog is going to be a good choice or the Grim Reaper even has been a good choice. Then we're going to have a small bucktail like the Muskie Candy Bucktail or we're going to go with the uh, Showgirl or uh, Doubles, you know, 10s or 8s like that we're going to be throwing. And then from there I'm going to have a person throwing a small glide bait such as a Phantom. The small 4-inch, 5-inch Phantoms are fantastic this time of year. You know, let it sink a couple of seconds and work it back. As soon as we start getting muskies following one lure, or we start getting hits on one lure, we're going to switch right away. Everybody's going to put that lure on until it's exhausted. What we're trying to do, Kevin, is establish a pattern. And what a pattern is is what the muskies are interested or what they're going on that day. That day is not just the only thing. It could be that hour. It could be every 20 minutes they're going to establish something different and go for something different. So my job is to stay on top of things, see what's been hot, and how often it changes. If we can stick with the same lure for all day, great. If we have to switch it every hour to half hour, we're set for that, and so be it. I'm assuming you're going to be on Malax. Definitely on the big pond. Can't wait. Been fishing it and everything doing really, really good for walleye fishing. It's been incredible. I, I mean, we can go out in two hours and get 20, 30, 40 hits and everything, a boat maybe one-fourth of that. You know, if I got some good sticks, we can boat half of them or, bit, you know, or more. I'm afraid that heat wave is going to slow them down too, but definitely going to be on Malax Lake. Uh, I've got over 1,000, over 900 waypoints for musky spots on this lake, so we've got, we've got ourselves covered. Okay. Well, talk a little bit more about that uh, walleye bite. So it sounds like those uh, out chasing walleyes have been doing pretty well. They have been doing well, Kevin. You know, I can't complain. One of my favorite techniques, especially when I get people who have a hard time understanding Lindy Rick and how to do it, I'll take them bobber fishing. That one day I had uh, that husband and wife team from North Carolina. We had like, what was it, 26 hits, and we had 13 walleyes boated in just a hair over two hours. That's pretty good fishing. You know, jigs were the key that day, white and blue and um, uh, brown colored, same color as a crawfish and everything with a jumbo leech on. Kevin, not fishing more than 10 inches off the bottom. Uh, walleyes are bottom-orientated. They can see above their head like a crappie, so that's no problem there. Uh, another presentation that's been working real good is jigs and plastics, you know, plastic-colored shiner minnows or a plastic cover like a fat head, you know, with a paddle tail and back. You know, one-quarter-ounce jig head, you know, hook it through the entire body, cast out, let it sink, and then work it back, wind, and sort of twitch it up and down. Working real well on the sands with that kind of presentation, Kevin, and also on the rocks. That has been a surefire technique. And then, as usual, Lindy Riggins has been working real good. Like I said, it does, it's not exactly uh, hard. It's not exactly easy to catch on to, but it's not rocket science neither. You know, get your uh, bottom bouncer um, sinker on that Lindy Rig. I like to be about six to eight foot snail this time of year. And uh, Red Gamma got a hook number four with a jumbo leech on it. Touch the bottom with the sinker and lift up. That's all you got to be doing. We're not going faster than a half mile an hour. If you feel resistance or a single tap, let go. And after about 10, 15 seconds, you know, wind up your sack and set the hook. My problem is, again, this year I'm having the same problem I have every year. People get a hit, they let go of it, then they grab the line and they want to feel to see if the walleye is still there. Well, as soon as that fish feels resistance, it spits that lure. Game over. But, yeah, that's, what, uh, that's what's been working real, real well up here in Mille Lacs Lake for a lot of big walleyes and slot-sized walleyes also. What have you been hearing about uh, any other lakes as far as the walleyes go? You know, uh, the other walleyes, it's been a little tough. Like I know Knife Lake south here, more has been a good lake. I enjoy that a lot for walleye fishing and for pan fishing. Uh, the heat has really picked up, and that smaller lake has really felt the impact of it, same as Shakopee, Farm Island, Smith Lake, Borden Lake. Uh, the smaller lakes get, you know, absorb the heat sun a lot quicker and everything, and the water temperature spikes up there. You know, we've seen one small lake drop 
10 degrees in four or five days, and now it's up again 10, 11, 12 degrees in five days because of the heat wave coming, and it's only going to get worse by the weekend. So my idea, Kevin, here's what I want to do is I'm going to start at the crack of dawn before sunrise and hit it again all day if we have to or in the evening. That's going to be your best bet, Kevin, for catching walleyes, muskies, northern pike. I would start early, and when the heat gets the worst of you, it does the same with the fish. Go take a break and come back in the evening. Okay. Now, um, talking about muskies on Mille Lacs, how are the numbers out there? That's a fantastic question. We don't have the heydays like we used to have. Either does Vermilion, Leech Lake, or Cass Lake, any of those lakes. Yes, the DNR is implementing their stocking program, and I'm very happy to see it. Like 3,000 fingerlings get planted every year, every other year, excuse me, on Mille Lacs Lake. They're trying to get uh, a lot of resort owners up on Vermilion and stuff. They've been talking about it. They want to get more musky stock, but some, I don't know who she was. She goes, oh, we're doing fine. You know, the heydays of Vermilion, Mille Lacs, Leech, and Cass is when the DNR stocked a bunch of fish. The heydays, we had 40,000 fish being stocked in a five-year period on Mille Lacs. Like 40,000 fish in a five-year period. The same scenario, Kevin, happened on Vermilion. That's where all those big fish and all the excitement and fun you heard about came into play. Like I mentioned three times the heydays, and I've heard it from other people, too. Uh, you know, a lot of people think the wall muskies eating their walleyes. Well, for one, it's not your walleye. Two, they'd rather eat a slippery, slippery like an eel type uh, body consistency, which would be a northern pike or a smallmouth bass or a crappie. You know, a lot of people forget what kept the fishing or kept the industry going. I'm relaxed, like when things started going differently and vermilion when things were changing was a muskie industry. It brought people in from every state in the union and from many different countries, and it worked great for an extra ten years. Well, we're hoping to get back there again. We need more stocking. We don't need no opposition. Everybody help each other. It'll be a win-win situation. All right. Well, you know, um, I've never seen a lake that has muskie in it that also doesn't have a really good population of walleyes. So, I, you know, the, the evidence isn't there. Yeah, it's very true. In fact, Al Lindner... Ron Shera, a couple other guys who do TV shows, they, I've watched specials they've had on fishing, and they get talking about the muskie, and they said the same thing. They said, hey, folks, you know, if you really believe the muskie's eating all your walleyes, you're mistaken. It's time to get in modern day and realize what's going on. You know, it's not the muskie ruining the industry. It's different oppositions and stuff ruining the industry. Like you said, Kevin, every good lake for walleyes has muskies in it. Lake of the Woods, Eagle Lake, Ontario, Cass, Leech, Winnebagosh, Mille Lacs, we're all doing fine. We're helping each other out. I'd like to keep it that way. And, you know, walleye numbers on any number of those lakes are, are spectacular, absolutely spectacular. They're fantastic. And, and I keep discussing with the um, powers-to-be a bunch of us have here in Mille Lacs Lake, and I know Leech Lake, too. When they're doing their, their uh, shallow water studies in September and October netting, you know, the DNR does, a lot of the times, you know, the shallow waters that they've been netting and doing their surveys for 20, 30, 40 years, Kevin, why temperature still is way too warm. The walleyes haven't moved in yet, and we've tried explaining that. You know, you got to wait till the water temperature gets down lower and, and they move in. But they say, well, no, this is the same thing we do every year. We're not going to change it. The numbers aren't here because the walleyes aren't here. That's, that's not true. That's not true. Water temperature dictates everything. And if you're in there doing a shallow water survey and they're still in the deep water, Everything's all wash. All right, Steve. So we've got a big weekend coming up. You are ready to go, um, but we got to bring a lot of water. we got to bring a lot of sunscreen. We better have a hat, and we might be better off <laughs> taking the afternoon off. Definitely. That's the best, best thing I can advise, that sunscreen's a blessing. 
uh, you know, they've got that UV protective clothing. I've got my shirt. I've got my little mask that goes around my face. I've got my gloves and everything I wear now, and I've got plenty of sunscreen and, and Polaroid glasses. And you know what? By about 1 o'clock, I want to be taking that siesta for a couple hours and hit it again later. Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service. Um, if people want to book you and uh, take a trip sometime this summer, how do they do that? Oh, thank you, Kevin. Hey, folks, just check out my website, predatorguideservice.com. Take a look at it. You've got all the information, my prices and everything. Uh, a lot of pictures to show, you know, what we can do and everything. You know, uh, if the weather is against us, it just is a little bit tough. But check out my website, predatorguideservice.com. You're going to see some big muskies, pike, and walleyes. Steve, thanks for your time today, as always. Hey, my pleasure, Kevin. Thank you. And more bonus content with one of the great ones in the Brainerd Lakes area, Mandy Urick. She spent last weekend on Cass Lake. She's here to tell us all about that and what we should be doing this weekend. How was the bite on on Cass Lake? Cass did not disappoint. Uh, I, I always look forward to it because it's such a, a diverse uh, fishery with multiple species. Everybody, when they go up there, I think they predominantly think walleye. When I go up there this time of year, I'm thinking big crappies, big sunnies, and yeah, if I want to do a little trolling at, at, you know, dusk or at night, I'll pick up some walleyes, and we did all of it. Um, that cold front definitely set everything back. Um, even on the smaller bodies of water and bays that are connected to cast, I was only seeing, like, a high of 62. Um, oh, wow. Fish pulled back out. Uh, there was the crappies and the sunnies were off the beds. They were in pre-stage mode. Um, the bass were nowhere to be found up shallow. They had pulled back out to the deeps, uh, and the and the walleyes the walleyes were in a in a funk. But with cast being so amazingly gin clear, um, you you got to get creative a little bit on, on that lake. And by far the the dusk and the night bite was was hot for sure. Like we went out, and were able to pick up a limit, uh, you know, no problem. Uh, we use side scanning in fairly shallow water in like eight and a half to nine feet of water on pumps out on main cast. But the deal was get on the trolling motor, get the side scan going. Uh, as soon as you mark some fish, lay down a way mark, come back and throw in a one eighth ounce jig with either a, a shiner minnow or like a three inch Berkeley plastic minnow was the ticket. Uh, we also picked up some walleye trolling. Um, in about that eight and a half, nine, nine and a half feet of water on those same humps, uh, trolling about 1.8 miles an hour um, with original uh, floating wraps. But the, the key with that, because those fish are so shallow for trolling, you had to be trolling with the trolling motor. Otherwise, if you're trying to troll down with even a Vantage or a big motor, you're blowing them out. But definitely a success. Caught some monster sunnies. Uh, it's always an epic day when you, when you go out and you can't keep one single sunfish because they're all nine and a half to you know ten and three quarter inches. But uh, it, it's so much fun. Oh yeah, it's and it's uh, you mentioned how clear it is. Can it get any clearer? Can that water possibly get any clearer than it is? No, it, it can't. It literally can't. When it was, you know, it was fairly windy that um, uh, for a few of those days. But when it would lay down in between. I mean, it's like 16 foot, you know, feet of, of water clarity. I mean, it's crazy to look down and it's like, it looks like you're in four feet of water. And then you look over at the graph and you're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, it, and it really has uh, made it uh, a challenge, especially for guys who really go after walleyes to make major adjustments because 
you've got to be out very, very early or very, very late or hope for a windy day because uh, if you're trying to fish middle of the day on that lake and it's a sunny day, that's awfully tough to catch walleyes. Oh, by far. And, and right now, too, um, I think because it, it stays colder, because it is so clear, so it, it's slow to warm up to begin with, and then you have something that sets it back so far. But uh, as far as I could see, and I was all overcast, uh, up and down the chain and in all the bays, the vegetation is really set back this year on that lake. So that's going to make it even tougher because those walleyes are going to be forced out deep because there isn't a lot of veg. Um, or off the sides of that structure during the day. So, yeah, you're left with a early morning, late night, or an all-night troll. So you had some fun on Leech, or rather on Cast. Did you visit any of the other lakes on the chain? I did. So, actually... <laughs> of course you did. Um, yeah, of course I did. I hit about every bay that there is. I ran all the way up the river, uh, looked at uh, Kitchy and Little Rice and Big Rice, came back down, was in Buck, uh, went over, looked at Andrusia and Wolf. I mean, that's why it's such an amazing you know, fishery, right? The only place I didn't go check out, which I probably should have, but I was, I was, I was making a milk run, right? With fishing memories a little bit there and was being successful, but obviously you can go under the bridge and go into Pike too. And so, yeah, I, I was all over for four days and then got home and I've been hammering out some lakes in the Brainerd Lakes area. Oh, really? What are you finding there? <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, Ray and I were out yesterday on Hubert doing a little filming for our TV show. And there again, Hubert's a lot like Cass. It's super gin clear water, and it always seems the latest lake around here to warm up. And true to form, vegetation is like almost null and void. If you can find good cabbage, it was crazy because there again, it's so gin clear. We were sitting in 16. 12 to 16 feet of water, we found a hump of really good cabbage, and I'm not joking you. There was crappies in like 10 feet of water, 11 feet of water that were like staging to move up on beds. There was bass, there was sunfish, rock bass, regular bass, and we're, we're, we're sight fishing up. And I was just like, this is crazy. And the, the bass were super negative. Um, I could get them to go. I was actually catching them on puddle jumpers. I was catching crappies and, and sunfish and, and bass on the puddle jumpers while I was trying to catch these crappies but uh, yeah the sunfish are just starting to move up there um, they're in pre-stage mode and, and moving up to spawn on there jumped over to Pelican uh, last night had league out there um, it's all over the board like some of the bass have spawned some of the bass haven't spawned um, it seems like all the fish were fairly shallow there. There again, it's all about finding that veg that's already popped. Um, and it was sporadic, which pelican is known. It's, it's so daunting to fish because you can have thick cabbage all the way up to 24, 25 feet of water. And it's just null and void right now. Same deal like I was doing on the last couple of lakes, just basically driving around trying to find uh, some good vegetation and, and, and fishing it. We're going to hit 90 some degrees this weekend. What the heck is that going to do to things? Uh, <laughs> well, one, everybody better be wearing hats, long sleeves, and lots and lots of sunblock and packing a cooler of water, and we're all going to be still sweating, but um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to trigger those fish. We're, we're already seeing it. Um, that water temp is going to warm very quickly. It's going to warm back up. So those fish that had been pushed out previously, the plethora of species, sunfish, crappies, bass, um, that were about to spawn are going to move in and they're going to get ready. They're, they're going to be locked on beds, but it's a high pressure system, right? So right now when we get that super high pressure system, a lot of the fish go negative. 
And those baths are going to be probably pre-staged, post-spawn with a high-pressure system. They're going to want to find veg, right? They're looking for the recliner. They're going to hunker down, and they're going to be lethargic. So you're going to want to finesse fish. Um, go down to, to net rigs. Go down to trick worms. Fish real slow. But the nice part is is it looks like this high-pressure system is going to be super stable, right? Like this isn't going away in a day or two. I looked at the 10-day forecast and these temps you know, seven, eight days are, are going to be the same thing, but it's going to be that high pressure. We're looking at 30 plus for barometric, but it should stabilize. It's going to take them a few days to kind of get out of this funk. Um, and then they'll, they'll normalize to the, the current high pressure system. And then they should turn back on and we can go back to kind of our, our, our normal pattern of, of right now, which is, you know, slowing down, throwing some chatterbaits or, you know, flipping Texas rigs, things like that. But the walleyes, they're all over the place. I feel bad for them. You know, I went from cast fishing super shallow, um, you know, night bite stuff to now, like even at dusk, uh, what I'm hearing is people were catching walleyes in 19, 20, 21, 22 feet, um, pitching jigs or, or jigging wraps. So here again, the, uh, the fish are moving out, responding to the super high sun, high pressure systems. They're not able to find that cover up shallow, so they're, they're pushing out deep. Well, you know, we we always think that we should be fishing in low light conditions for walleye, but this weekend it's just mainly for your health to do that. It's going to be the coolest time of the day. Oh, absolutely! And how you know it happens so quickly, especially if you've got a bit of a breeze and you're on the water. You you don't feel as quite as hot as it is on on land, and how quickly you can get dehydrated and you know and get sunburned. And it's just like, yeah, it's going to be icky, like. If you're not a morning person, then get out the last, you know, few hours of the day for, for the light when that temp starts to drop a little bit and don't cook your brain. It's also a musky opening weekend. Are you in musky at all? I am, and I, I, I am not a purist. Like, I <laughs> love early season and super late season. So um, I'll spend that last maybe 10 to 15 days of the season when it's super cold. And I'll spend it on a very few bodies of water because I want to. I want to make sure I have the best opportunity I can to catch those fish if I, if I'm going to be out in the in, in cruddy weather. So I'm not a purist like these guys that will go out and all weather all season long and you know make ten thousand casts a month for them. So I, I, I don't think I'm going to be out, especially with this weather. I, no, gross. No thanks. Well, you know why would you be a purist in? Our areas where we got so many options. Why would you just not go with the flow with what's hot now? I know. You know, we always joke, and you brought it up previously, but you know, people get into fishes and they kind of get on this species, right? And it becomes their favorite. And I know a lot of musky guys, and they go to the beat of their own drum. These guys are <laughs> super hardcore. You know, they're looking for that thrill. I mean. You know, when you go with them and you get like three follows in a day and you don't even catch one, they're like excited. And I'm like, boys, <laughs> you're hardwired wrong, but God bless your soul. Like, this is your thing. Like, you keep chucking those baits, you know, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's their deal, but I can't. Yeah. Like I said, right now, when everything is going and I have a better option, especially with my OCD, like, I want to go catch fish. I like fishing, but I like catching fish better. I'm with you. Absolutely. All right. So before we wrap it up, gotta cat, gotta ask one more time: Did you get the tom? <laughs> I didn't. I made that choice. Uh, fishing was so good, actually. 
uh, that I I stayed an extra day up on Cass and, and didn't come home to to turkey hunt. I just it's so few and far between that you can get on one of those you know super epic big fun fish bites. And I just was like a little kid. You know, I could sit there all day long and catch them. And I thought I really should go home and get in the blind. And I was like, nah, there's always next season. Like this is too good of a bite to get off the water. Well, you heard it, Mister Turkey. You lucked out for another year. But be ready yeah, next April. Those that big common, those three jakes, which were pretty big jakes. Uh, it'd be really cool to see those guys next year. Uh, they should be they should be a good ones. So uh, I'll, I'll make sure next year I try to get out a little bit earlier in the season. But there again, it's so dependent on weather. Like we get another early ice out, like we did this year, and uh, I might be stuck with late season hunting again. <laughs> All right. Oh, love having you on the show, Mandy Urich. Thank you for taking the time today, and uh, good luck next time you're on the water. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Wear hats. Wear sunscreen. Fish when it's cool, or when it's cooler anyway, and we will talk to you next week. Good luck. Fish out, Bob Barn, yeah. Country, country.